1: Okay, will be with you always hey, ladies and gentlemen welcome back to 20th century geek i'm your regular host scott weatherly and once again i am joined in the back cave this time dark and gritty and realistic uh with mike and megan guys how are you doing we're doing all right, yeah. I mean, we have
0: brief discussion before that we press record. We watched Wonder Woman eighty four in yeah. between, it was the three Batman films, and then before we were doing this podcast, we watched eighty four. So it's a bit of a mixed bag of DC stuff, but
2: still yeah, a lot of DC.
0: Well, yeah, we watched all yeah. the Batman films and stuff. Megan's been um, had a Batman overload a bit. Yes. I think by, by Dark Knight Rises, she was like, I am glad this is the last one i've done that
1: you've done a lot I'm, I'm really impressed you've stuck this one out megan so well done thank you <laughs> um but yes yeah, so there's a fair a fair tonal change between this and uh between this and wonder woman 84 um <laughs> uh yeah so we're going to be doing the uh nolan verse or the nolan batman trilogy uh batman begins dark knight and dark knight rises um and again, a very, a very different tonal shift from where we were before. Uh, so the Schumacher series, or the Schumacher duology, really did sort of kill off <laughs> the franchise. It was, you know, in the, in the mid-90s. Warner Brothers thought it was dead for a while. And uh, Nolan brought it back in 2005 uh, with uh, the first Batman film. So let's just get straight in, really, because... This trilogy, in many cases, is considered one of the best sort of superhero trilogies. Um, but the, the Nolan verse as a whole—what are your guys' thoughts on on the whole Nolan verse thing, and and you know this thing of having it more real than uh, previous incarnations? Do you want to go first, or shall I?
2: As a whole, I really enjoyed it. Like yeah. as as a whole, I really enjoyed the Nolan verse. There's just I think what I've realised with watching all of the Batman movies is that I I don't actually care about Batman that much. So, like, the thing that frustrates me is, which we'll go into in more detail, I suppose, is that obviously, like, there are three films. I just, as a whole, I do enjoy them. I just feel like, for me, they don't explain certain parts enough. Mm. So in each of the three films, I just felt that there was, like, bit of time that there was just a bit of filler where they could have used it to introduce more information about certain characters so like scarecrow first of all who the fuck is he why does he suddenly appear in all three of the movies (laughs) and i know nothing about him apart from that he wears a potato sack on his head like i I don't know anything about that character so when we watched the first one i wasn't overly fast by it Because what I find is that with a lot of the Batman films, they tend to just either use the same villain over and over and over again, or they throw so many villains into it and don't actually explain any of their backstories that it doesn't give me any information about the characters. Mm. And that's what I like about films. So, like, that's why I like the Marvel movies, for example. Like, each film has an origin, and then it all connects, and then it becomes this one big story. But... With Batman, it just doesn't seem to do that. Like, I don't actually know anything about Scarecrow. I don't know why he's got this weird powder that he can, like, make people, like, hallucinate with. (laughs) And that he's got this weird, like, connection to this, to Liam Neeson, whose character I can't even remember what he's called. Um, So, yeah, as a whole, I did enjoy it. There's just things about it that frustrate me <laughs> you,
0: you did say like when we were watching it you asked me a few questions about scarecrow and i was like i don't really know most of these answers uh, well enough and one of the things you you did say is that yeah you, you don't care about batman much but you care about all the sp- Cast. So, you're most excited whenever Gordon came on screen, you were excited about it you yeah, because you because Gordon.
2: Yeah, I like Gary <laughs> Oldman, but also Commissioner gordon's he's not shit in these films. Like, he actually yeah. contributes something to the society. Whereas in the yeah. previous ones, all he does is turn off the freeze thing. And yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, well done. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah I'd say
0: in this. Whereas one, me, I,
1: say, he sort of justifies his promotion, at least in these films. You're sort of like, oh, that's where you become commissioner. Fair enough. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, exactly. And I would say with these films, I mean I, I loved them. Um I found that I, I when I my first impression of thinking of them was I thought Dark Knight was my favourite, then rises, then begins. But I've actually mm. swapped them a little bit. In for me it's, it's now Dark Knight, then Batman Begins, then Dark Knight rises. Um but the, the reviews are slightly different though. I think that generally uh rises is actually reviewed really, really well, which I, I was surprised by. Uh because I seem to recall when it first came out, there's a bit of resistance to it, but Obviously you can get into that at some point but i feel like rise is an excellent film it's just got mm. two or three plot holes that i just can't really get over um but i thought Batman begins I, I enjoyed Batman begins much more this time than when i i think i've only watched it once or twice so i i really really enjoyed it and i think the whole the trilogy does work in the way that nine times out of ten with films when you have a trilogy at least one of the films sucks or is at least mm substantially worse than all of the other ones. You know, Matrix trilogy and unless it's like made from books. You know, Lord of the Rings trilogy is pretty strong, but like the Matrix trilogy, first one is phenomenal. The second one I think has some incredible scenes in it, but it's a bit iffy. And then the third one just falls off the rails. That's kind of what I find. Yeah. And that's what happens a lot of the time I find with trilogies where I find this is probably excluding sort of MCU movies to a degree even though they kind of do in some way suffer from the same thing. I feel like these three are probably the closest three films I've seen that weren't adapted directly from books, Mm. that are as close together in my own rating of them, I'd say, in that way.
1: No, I'd agree with that. I I, I totally agree. I mean, going back and watching them this time, one of the things I sort of, I do as you say, is there are plot holes in this? And the one thing I find a little frustrating is the depiction of time passing. Mm. Um in in this film it's like the, the batman begins is a really good example like you are told outright at one point that um bruce wayne has been gone for seven years so you go okay that's great so he's been gone for seven years but then what's the top, how old is he supposed to be when he goes to the court and you know he sees joe chill there and so sort of like, so there's little bits i'm like oh how how long is this, how long is this film taking like you know is does the Dark Knight take is it a weekend? Is this like three days? Or so that's the only thing I would say is sometimes they have trouble with, with the passing of time. But other than that, I think some of the I think these films stand up really, really well. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh yeah. In comparison to the other ones, they're like amazing. Like yeah, I think they're Returns. really,
0: really good. Batman Returns is probably the only one that I'd say is near to how good these ones are for me personally. And I think that's because Danny DeVito just knocks out of the park in that film. And I think that it's kind of what Megan said slightly earlier, which is Batman is, in the comics, he's a bit deeper and there's a bit more to him. But Generally, Batman is a pretty easy individual to understand. Mm. You can get into the deeper parts of how he interacts with the Bat family and that sort of stuff in the comics and whatnot. But the big thing with Batman is he's got so many cool villains. And I think that this film does, even though, yeah, I I agree with Megan's point about Scarecrow, it doesn't really give you any information. I think that Scarecrow, Razogul, Joker and Bane are all brilliant in their own ways, rather than, you know, what was it, Batman uh, Forever, whereas the Two-Face is basically just a crap joker. It was like, at least in this film, uh, two, oh, well, Two-Face obviously is in Dark Knight as well, but, like, uh, all of the villains feel like they are actually their own person, which I really liked.
1: Yeah, no, that's another good point. I think, like I said, the villains get, apart from, let's say, Megan, you're right, sort of Scarecrow in this one's a little bit thin, um, but he's almost, he's almost like a... Uh, a second tier baddie in this isn't he like you know because he's sort of like a, a facilitator for Razal Ghoul and this other stuff but um in the comics I mean it's Scarecrow um you know Dr. Crane he's never really had like a definitive origin um there's usually the usual yeah. crap that they get that you know he was treated like really really badly as a child and you know he had all these phobias and so he was bullied and so he learned to sort of adapt them and control his own fear and now he's obsessed with learning about how fear works and utilizing it against people and that's about it um but yeah so it's uh, it, it's, it's not really explained in Batman Begins but I mean let's jump into Batman Begins and start with the the obvious thing first and foremost what are your thoughts on, on Christian Bale um as our new Bruce Wayne
2: I like him but his his voice annoys me
0: the
2: bat voice. The, bat, the bat, Yeah, the bat voice
0: annoying yeah. me. <laughs> hey, yeah. what's going on?
2: Where
1: is she? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say the thing I noticed more, because that bat voice becomes incredibly obvious and sort of stands out more so through the film series. At one point, because like, he, he always hangs around with his mouth open as well. And so he, he's talking to people <laughs> who know he's Bruce Wayne in the bat voice. And I'm like, they, they know who you are it's all right. Like if I was doing that to Alex or like, you know, he'd be like, what, what are you doing? You pratt sort of talk normally, <laughs> but he sounds a bit like, you know, the the helmet like the back cowl. Mm. It, I, I'm not sure. Has he cut out an, a, a way to breathe? Cause it sounds like his nose is blocked all the time. So I'm like, has he not cut the bottom off his mask? Like, can he not breathe? Is he always breathing <laughs> through his mouth? Is that the problem? That's an easy fix for Batman. Surely. Um, Oh, yeah. You'd think that. I, I, did,
0: I did, while watching several of the Batman films, I do often look at the noses and think how... I was thinking about how hot he would be. Like It's, it's kind of like a rubber of the cowl sort of thing, mm. isn't it? It's, I think at certain points, it's a bit vague on like... In this trilogy, certain points, it can kind of be snapped almost and broken because I think they change what it's made out of occasionally. I know in Dark Knight, it starts as one thing and then he says it needs to be changed because he can't turn his neck and stuff. So apart from that, but like the rubber in it, I would feel... It's pretty un- <laughs> looks pretty uncomfortable, yeah. but I mean, I think I, I think Christian Bale probably I think he does probably the best Bruce Wayne. Mm.
2: I'd say he's he's my favorite Batman out of all the Batmans that I've seen.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd say he's my favorite. Generally, I still am one of the people who believes I really liked Ben Affleck's Batman, yeah, yeah. but not the films that he's in. I just think he's... Because he's quite stocky and he's kind of you know he's he's basically lost all hope almost and he's so he looks angry and that kind of fits but his Bruce Wayne isn't quite as strong whereas I feel like Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne is absolutely perfect especially that horrendously cringy scene I think it's in Batman Begins where he, pretends he goes to be into drunk
2: oh when he goes into the hot tub with the girls
0: I mean that that is funny as well that the the it's the bar at the hotel isn't it and he just buys the whole hotel
1: mm.
2: oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, he pretends person. to be drunk so that he gets everybody out of the house.
0: Yes, when Razzle kind of comes and attacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, apart from his bat voice, which is a bit jarring at times, I do think he is. I'd say almost rating-wise, I'd say he's like a nine or ten out of ten for Bruce Wayne. I'd say probably Batman, maybe an eight. I think mm. he's just—he's really good as Batman. There's not anything I could really point to and go, he's terrible at this or that. I just feel like he didn't quite hit the nail perfectly for me with uh, with his representation. What about you, Scott?
1: No, I, don't know. I, I like him and I think because he's such a because I do like Christian Bale as an actor and the guy sort of dedicated, you know he, he commits to his roles like he's one of those actors mm. that sort of you know I mean for this one I think this was followed up by The Machinist or it was oh probably, rough or, jeez or The Machinist was just before it. in fact I think it was just before it um and he went down to like his transformation of that is mental yeah and he went down to some ridiculously low weight didn't he like 10 less than mm. like 10 stone so he packed on like a load of weight and muscle to do this so you know i can never i'll never disparage from like what he does for a role and he's fine in this he's good um and i like the fact that like they give him that origin story and motivation the fact that like, you know this trauma has sort of lived with him so he goes off and joins the league of shadows And and he's obviously, you know, he's trying to sort of find a way of dealing with criminals and sort of stuff. Like, I feel that this is this seems feels like a more authentic journey to becoming Batman than some of the others. Like, whilst I enjoy, especially like with with Michael Keaton, whilst I've enjoyed that thing, I enjoy that Batman. You know, I never see sort of Michael Keaton going around (laughs) sort of, you know, the Far East or some sort of Middle Eastern place looking to be trained to become, uh, you know. the best martial artist in the planet. He just comes across as, like, oh no, it's angry Michael Keaton. Th- this has a level of, of <laughs> auth- authenticity to it, which I really enjoy, and he commits to. Um, so yeah, and, and I think that lends weight to the whole trilogy. So I, I do, mm. I do enjoy him in that way. Um, yeah, I think the
0: training in it is, is. I think the Batman Begins, as you say, is. It's. I forgot how much depth they go into in him. Obviously, it's called Batman Begins, so you think by the title, I'd really love that. But like how the majority of the film is in actually specifically training to be Batman. And I think, because Megan was asking me a few questions while we're doing it, and obviously I don't know as much about Batman in the comics as many of you do or some of the other guys in the comics emotional or other people we hang out with and things. So from my knowledge, Batman Begins is pretty close, isn't it, to the, the general comic origin. Obviously, the parents being killed is basically every Batman, but I meant like the Ra's al Ghul training League of Shadows sort of jazz.
1: Uh, yes, I mean Razor Gul comes in as, is is not really part of his training. Razor Ghul came in in the seventies, was created by uh, Neil Adams and um, uh, Danny O'Neill for their run in the seventies, which is great. I mean that that's where Talia Ol Gul comes in as well. Uh, this idea of uh, so mm-hmm. when um, Raz and Tally were in, introduced in the comics, it was very much for that reason. Sort of like Raz sees him as um, the greatest detective and, and all this other stuff. And so he's almost chosen him as a successor and to be the father of his grandchildren. So he's sort of setting Bruce up with Talia. Um, and that's where you get Damien mm. Wayne from. So the, 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 the most recent Robin, uh, Damien Wayne is Bruce's son, comes from this sort of like set up with Talia. Um, so, mm. but the character, Ducard, um, that, that Liam Neeson plays before it's revealed he's Raz, is, is part of his origin. Uh, so the character of Descartes has come up several times. he was, was a detective and, and martial artist that um, he did. He spent some years with and trained him in his, in his origin. So yeah, there's some nice little nods in this to the you know, the, the origins in the comics and stuff. So that's really impressive, I think. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's cool. And the training montage, and I, I quite like that in these films, I think especially in Batman Begins, it didn't do the thing quite as much, which they do in the MCU constantly, which is overcutting when it's an action scene. I quite one of my favourite things and especially in martial arts movies and stuff and things like The Raid or even like mm. season one uh, season two of Daredevil or Netflix uh, there's a couple of one shot scenes and it's in Old Boy. there's a one of the scenes the in corridor scene yeah 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 anything that's like that um, The Raid 2 does it as well I just think is some of my favourite things because it's so difficult to record a one shot where you just do not cut and you've got all these people who come in get thrown off the screen and then the main person is still doing all the choreography whereas as much as i love the captain america films you know captain america's films where they're quite handheld combat it is like gets lift up it goes towards the person it cuts the person yeah. gets hit and it just whereas i found in this it, there was a bit more like the katana stuff is quite cool as well i forgot about that so i, I really like the start of this film i think it started really strong
1: yeah, I mean, Megan, what are your thoughts on? Because, I mean, you know, we've dealt with a lot of Gotham City, so to have him, you know, shot off into other parts of the world for a large part of the start of the film, what were your thoughts when that sort of was where it
2: started? I mean, I found it quite interesting because again, it kind of links into the fact that I I like to know more information about the characters. So the fact that it went into slightly this like weird martial art training that that bruce wayne did to Mm. obviously eventually become batman it's quite interesting i just wish there was a little bit more of it so that it just went into a little bit more detail about it i'm just someone that really likes detail and because it is a trilogy and because obviously that character is kind of consistent throughout the entirety of the the nolan verse Mm. then it would be nice to find out a bit more information about this like super mysterious character
0: It's about yeah hmm.
1: yeah
2: because obviously he appears in the third one it's, like
1: vision. it's kind of like tell. a visiony
2: type thing yeah, it's, it's not actually him yeah. yeah yeah so it kind of just made me feel after seeing that in that film it was just like i just wish there was a little bit more detail about this guy originally mm. but obviously it's it's not the raza what what is his name
0: raz al
2: ghul raz al it's not his film so i
1: Get why they didn't do that because obviously Um, it's a Batman movie. Yeah, Yeah, I mean the thing is, it's um, the character again. Razzle calling this—he's part of the League of Shadows, but they—they make it like he is the League of Shadows, you know. So, but um, again, sort of linking it back to the to the comic uh, in the in the book, he's been around for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. Um, He has these sort of pits called the Lazarus pits that you know he uses every now and then to sort of youth him, uh, and then he carries on. Um, and whilst that may actually be the case with Liam Neeson, like the man's in his 70s and still doing action films um, <laughs> he may have Lazarus Pitts, I don't know um, it feels like you say, that the, the, what is, I know it's not his origin story but like I say it would be nice for him to be sort of relating to Bruce and going like Look, yeah, I, I started similar to you You know, I've been doing this for 20-30 years but I come from the same as you, I, I do this for a reason to know some of his motivations rather than we, we bring balance, we, you know, when and then later on when he gives his his pep talk, really, for the whole finale of when things reach the sort of pinnacle of, of corruption and decadence, we come in and address the balance. Um, and that just seems to be his, his, his motivation, but it's never sort of like, well, why do you feel that? Like, what's the point of what you do? Um, so I, I do know what you mean. Um, mm. but I'm glad, yeah, that I, mean, we, I feel like, know, like Bruce. that, Bruce
0: yeah the Bruce stuff is excellent yeah
2: yeah I, li- I like that I like finding out more about Batman
0: yeah it was it was a very chunky good sort of story and as you guys kind of say as it was a trilogy they got enough time to actually kind of delve into Bruce rather than it trying to be like the first 10 minutes of a film um but I, I found with Raz sort of motivation as well is that he was kind of bigging up Gotham to be you know he said it's he basically was trying to make an example of it in some ways and things like that and obviously the corruption's got really bad and all these sorts of other things and I was just thinking I was like is, is Gotham meant to be is it a part of New York? Is that the it
1: well, own actually, thing?
0: It's, I forget.
1: Yeah, it's it's changed over time. Originally uh, it was like a, you know, Metropolis and Gotham and all these were all based around New York. That was the design. Um hmm. I think the modern geography or in canon geography for DC is that like metropolis is like New York, Gotham is Chicago. Hmm.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, Chicago
1: is renowned for you know, it's crime rates and and the murder rate and stuff. So, you
0: mm. um, seem like an odd target because if Razogal, you know, he talked about and they, I think they sunk Atlantis and they burnt yeah. down Rome or whatever. And you talk about all these massive cities, and you think, well, you go for Gotham? <laughs> you don't go for that's the thing that threw me off. I was like, well, you've taken all these grandiose, massive, yeah, things. If you burnt Gotham to the ground, it's not like London or even washington dc or like any there's probably about another five places in america you could probably choose or another probably 50 places in the world and it's just like yeah gotham doesn't have good luck does it no. <laughs> no. Gotham, no. gotham gotham genuinely has the shittest luck in the world you gotta think of people live in gotham you gotta think why have you, why do you still live
1: here so why do you still just move out of gotham yeah i honestly think it's because the property prices are rock bottom because like like, be. I've got this penthouse apartment right next to Bruce Wayne and it's cost me tuppence. That's why I literally... <laughs> I paid off my mortgage in three weeks. Um, no, you are right. I mean, the thing as well is it seems like a bit of a step down as well. Cause you say they talk about sort of like, you know, like you say, jokes about sinking Atlantis, sacking Rome, bringing those. like Rome was an empire and all of a sudden they're like, and now we're going to take down this city. You're like, well, it's one city in an entire country. Like surely you want to be bringing down America or, you know you want to be bringing down something larger and maybe you know I mean it obviously escalates because it sort of pays off in rises, but like yeah if it, it, it actually feels like quite a small um the stakes in this feel kind of small in a weird way mm. um, cause yeah. it would be it, it would be a national tragedy like everything that happens in this film would be a national tragedy there'd be people over America and be like, you know, oh we remember when this happened in Gotham and whatever. But like it would be forgotten with it, it. This isn't like Twin Towers kind of terrorism. It it's just like yeah, some poor people went mad in the shades, and that's about it. <laughs> or in the narrow. <laughs> but it's, oh. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, it's it sort of. It, I mean, this whole film series, uh, the Nolanverse, is very much about um, social standing, isn't it? Like, you know, it's always about sort of like in this, it sort of really hammers home that there's the opulence and decadence of the majority of Gotham. And then you've got, the, the, is it, oh, if it's the shade, it's the Narrows, isn't it? The Narrows is this sort of like really shitty area of the city um, mm. that sort of houses all these horrible people and, and Arkham and all this other stuff. Um, and then the second one has a similar thing about sort of chaos and people sort of like, you know, the people being horrible to each other. And then the, the third the, the third one's literally about 1% percenters being turfed out of their homes and stuff. Um, mm. I feel like Nolan, may, you know, may have an issue um, with rich people, weirdly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just, it just feels like you know the stakes don't fit for this organisation that's supposed to be sort of like bringing balance to the world. It it feels like kind of a small target. But um, I don't know. Maybe we maybe we were more naive in two thousand
0: and five. Maybe yeah, it it does feel like a more. In, in many ways, more modern than that kind of film, that doesn't it? Like when you watch it, it doesn't feel like a fifteen year old film. It still feels like, because it's so gritty. I know obviously that like the sort of the late nineties and um, the early two thousands were kind of rife of grit in the film. That was kind of the cool thing to do a lot of the time. But it it does feel quite advanced. But I I do I I, I seem to call when we finished watching it, I did say something like the problem, the biggest problem I have with this film is that the kind of it didn't feel like there were any stakes. Like even. Even the end, where they've, I think there's the monorail and they've got that machine on it that's turning all the water to gas, and they've put the hallucinogenic spray thing. I just in, don't in the understand
2: water supply. what p- the point is.
0: Well, the scarecrow part, pa-
2: like the scarecrow part, like I don't understand what his role in it all is, apart from being some like little like side monkey.
0: He's like a throw
2: He's just a part of the puppeteer isn't what, he just, Yeah,
0: I think there's a, one throwaway line about him holding the city to ransom that's what he thought they were going to do and it's like well, he's doing all this for some money It's like oh that's a bit for how, him well, as a character a, that just felt a bit weak
1: yeah it's supposed to be a reveal isn't it I mean the, the film because mm. you, because you, the thing is that this film um, what, they, what they're aspiring to is escalation because you start with the gangsters you know you, mm. you get like he goes when he finally becomes Batman he goes against the Falcone family and He starts to bring those down, and then he sort of he links that to um, Jonathan Crane as the Scarecrow because of the drugs that you know the things that are being shipped into into Gotham and then being passed on to the Scarecrow, and then you find that they're pouring it all into the water, and you're like, oh no, this is I mean poisoning the water is more like the Joker kind of that's that's the first that's the first Joker story ever was him poisoning the reservoir, Um, and that sort of thing. Mm. So it sort of taps into that. But yeah, it's supposed to be, like, oh, so the Scarecrow is the big bad. And it's supposed to be this reveal of, like, oh, no, 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 you thought he was the bad because you know the Scarecrow from the comics. But actually, it's it's you know, al Ghul. And I think I think it worked in 2005, you know, when this was first released. You go, oh, that's a that's a reveal, that's a twist. Now, I think there's so many similar things that have been done in films, you know, even say so the MCU films, where you keep sort of getting this the puppeteer Thanos is the puppeteer behind the scenes and stuff. when you get this, you go, "Oh yeah, of course, that's what's going to happen."
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, I did also say
2: to Mike at the end that I'm surprised I didn't guess the ending solely mm. based on the fact that we didn't see Raz Algol's character die at the beginning.
1: Yeah,
0: he got saved because obviously Batman, he, didn't he said no because at the start, Batman carries him out, doesn't he? He because there's the whole building setting on fire and then Bruce Wayne carries him out. And oh, life.
2: yeah, he saved his life, yeah.
0: And then, obviously, as you say, you like he, when that happened, he was like, I knew he was going to yeah, come like, back. Well, yeah, he's going to come back because, yeah. You, know, you see him survive, so it's like, definitely.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I was getting confused there. Yeah, no, no, that's right. Yeah, yeah and that's it, I think, like you say, because you get then, you know, I, I do kind of like the reveal, though, at the party when he's been, um, you know, it's sort of, he goes to the party and someone says, Oh, I've got I've got someone you need to meet, Bruce. And he's like, All right, and he turns around and it's some, um, you know, sort of, Asian guy who's got the sort of the the, little, the goatee beard, which is notoriously sort of in that sort of thing of notoriously Ra's al Ghul. And mm. he's like, you're not Raz, What do you mean? You're not? And then Liam Neeson sort of like pops up and it's like, ah, hey hey, hey, got ya!" hey <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it just feels like that gotcha moment. And um, and I do kind of like that bit. But again, it's it's this thing where like, you know, Bruce is, you know, then acts like a complete dick to get everybody out. And everyone's he's like, get out, get out. Yet no one sort of goes, there's all these really muscly guys still just sat around looking sullen. Um, <laughs> you know, it, that seems, I don't recognise any of these people. That seems suspicious. Um, the so other thing with that as well is that
2: there would have been a better way to get everyone out of your house. Like, like, he, had like yeah. a, he acted like a drunken buffoon and then there was someone that was just like the apple has fallen very far from the tree mr wayne i'm like shut up (laughs) fucking bellend such an unnecessary comment to make and it's just like bruce wayne could have done that in a better way he could have just been like everybody out i'm kind of done rather than this acting like this drunken idiot and shaming like the name of his family
0: (laughs) it does work it does kind of work in the end because obviously, when the thing, I agree with you, at the time, it is like that is a bit. It was it yeah. But he, his, because his house gets burnt down, I quite like the newspaper headline that says, Drunken billionaire burns down. Own yeah, house. that, yeah. I liked yeah. that because I was like, okay, that, but obviously, Bruce Williams wouldn't have necessarily known they were there to set his fire, set so his house no. on fire. But
1: it's, it's, again, like you say, it's an instant response, isn't it? And it shows where his brain goes. He's like, oh, okay, I've got with this. I mean, again, in the comics, one of the things that Bruce has already always done is is play up the sort of like you know the the Playboy image and the mm. the ladies and the drinking and all this other stuff, and especially in the in the comic uh, year one uh, written by Frank Miller, there's a scene in that where he he's actually drinking apple juice and he's pretend, at some point pretending it's whiskey and stuff to to con- uh, to convince at the time Lieutenant Gordon, um, and so it's sort of tapping into that. But again, like. You, do, you could just come out and go you can even get like um Alfred to come out and go, I'm really, really sorry, but we've actually found there's a gas leak downstairs, we're gonna have to evacuate the house, can everybody leave in an orderly manner? Yeah. Done. Done. <laughs> and you don't look like a, <laughs> and you don't look like a dick. <laughs> so um Yeah. yeah. It was um, it was pretty... pretty Alfred rough. was great, though, in this film.
2: I, I liked Alfred in, in the these trilogy. films, in the trilogy, yeah. yeah. He's, he's badass. Master Wayne.
0: Master Wayne. Master Wayne.
2: That's <laughs> yeah. like literally all I've been saying for the past <laughs> yeah. few days.
1: Master
0: Wayne.
1: <laughs> he is, I, he is I will, great. I mean, Alfred... I will say ahead, Alfred, Scott. though. No, I was going to say about Alfred, because Michael Caine is absolutely... is really good in these films. Um, And uh, I like the fact that they keep that... Slightly sort of sarcastic sense of humor that Alfred has, like he's willing to take the mm. piss out of Alf, uh, you know, out of Bruce every now and then to keep him grounded. Um, and especially when he comes back after seven years, he's like, "Well, we thought you're dead, so I've got all your money, sort of thing. This is like my jet." And he's, when he's looking for a car. He says, <laughs> like, when, when you get back, you can borrow the rolls." Like I think <laughs> he, na- he just nails that sense of humor really well. I also really
2: liked. I can't remember what film it's in, but there was a bit where. Bruce is like, aren't you going to tell me I told you so? And he's like, I don't want to right now. And then he's like, but I did tell you so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I actually wrote a note down literally writing, the humour in this is really good. It has fun moments without ruining the plot like Batman and Robin did. (laughs) Because that is, Batman Batman and Robin and Batman Forever, both of them is basically like, okay, let's pause the plot here. Let's have a dumb joke that doesn't fit anywhere. And then let's continue the plot. Whereas it's like, that isn't funny. That ruins everything. Whereas in this, it is just, yeah, it was exactly as you say. Like Alfred has got that that clever human. He's the, almost the one person who Bruce Wayne has no power over in in that kind of sense. So he can just kind of give it a lot, and I quite like that from the Burtonverse Alfred as well. Both of them are quite like, the Burtonverse one's a bit more sassy and a bit more camp, but like this, <laughs> but like the Michael Caine one is that like proper. He's quite. It's quite sad though his whole story. Like the the end scene in Dark Knight Rises when he's over Bruce Wayne's grave always gets me, and it's like, I think he does do that he's he has the emotional side like mm-hmm. the, and it's, it's like the seeds of it are sown even at the start like even when he says he often says like i wish you'd like gone and not come back like i want you away from the city like every time he mentions it, he's like i don't even want i think in dark Knight rises after bruce had those like several years where he just did nothing and he was like i didn't want you to come back to gotham i want you to go traveling settle down with someone and leave i don't I, want yeah, you to yeah,
2: that little cafe in Italy and to look over and just see him happy. And I was like, oh, I love that. and then I was like, when it got to the end of when it got, I know that we're skipping ahead, but when we got to the end of the trilogy, I was like, Mike, it's going to happen. I was like, <laughs> Alfred's going to see him across the
0: table.
1: <laughs> and from the start, I think it works really well with that Alfred. It does. I mean, between of all of them, I mean, again, I like the Michael go Alfred. I think like you say, he's a bit more sassy and a bit more sort of, um, you know, willing to take the piss, but the Michael Caine, uh, Christian Bale relationship feels legit. Like they have real chemistry yeah. and you do feel that like Michael Caine has like a fatherly um affection for him. You know, he, has a, he, yeah. do, he does sort of legitimately feel for him. He will, do, he will give in and do some of this stupid stuff, but um you know, he, he, he really does care about uh, Bruce and what's happening to him. So, no, um, you know, I, I do think he is, um, he's the best I think he's the best Alfred we've come across, like you know, of all of yeah. them. Yeah, he's my favourite. Yeah, he's he's great. And I, I was
0: gonna mention as well is that I've realised when watching this trilogy that I don't think Lucius Fox, he's not in the other uh he's not in the other films, is he, which is uh, Morgan no. Freeman's character. But he, he I am I right in thinking he is in the comics, and that's what James. jazz
1: yeah, uh, yeah Lucius yeah. has been around for quite some time. Yeah. He, in fact Lucius has a son, uh, Luke. Um, who become a character called Batwing, so he's actually part of the Bat family as well. So <laughs> <laughs> mm. he's a good character. I like his character.
0: Yeah, yeah. He he's another one who actually he's, he's also sarcastic. Yeah, he's very sarcastic to Bruce Wayne. I, I love that in in each film he does have some sort of funny thing he says, but I, I like that, like in Dark Knight when you see that. Uh, mobile phone sonar thing that bruce wayne's put together and lucy's fox is like i hate this this is, goes against everything i like and bruce wayne's like i get it that's where you're the only person who has control just put your name in at the end and i like that sort of thing where he's got this these strong morals but even in like Batman begins and the other ones he's always he's on the right side even if he's breaking certain rules he's doing it for the morally right reasons above all else and he pushes out rutka out doesn't he and Batman begins
2: yes. I also like the fact that he doesn 't um want Bruce to tell him that he 's Batman. <laughs> he actively <laughs> yeah. makes sure that he doesn 't tell him that he 's Batman, yeah. even though he knows that he 's batman
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a you know i, I love the, one of the things I like about this film in fact, this whole series is um you know bruce goes out of his way to prove he's not batman like you know he he becomes the drunk stupid playboy so the idea is that no one's gonna say oh yeah bruce wayne's batman you know for whatever reason um but people figure it out really quickly in in many cases like you know when he when he comes and sort of talks to lucius and he's got he's getting the kit you know he literally goes through and he's like uh yeah i'm going uh spelunking and then i'm going to go parachuting and and he goes basically says, "Oh yeah, well we've got this kit and then this kit and then there's the tumbler," and he's like, "Does it come in black?" And you're just like, I "For God's sake!" Like, you, know, <laughs> you might as well just leave him in. And, yeah, he might well just leave him go. I'm Batman. We know. We know, <laughs> know Mister Wayne. We get it.
2: Honestly, the fact that people don't realise that he's Batman is infuriating. Like, yeah. it, especially like when it got to the third one and, and, <laughs> no, no, and Commissioner Gordon just doesn't know. And and then obviously. Um, joseph Gord- gordon i don't Levin. know yeah Joseph yeah, Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. yeah him and he was just like well i i know that he's batman i knew it as soon as i met him and then commissioner yeah. gordon was like well i don't want to know and i'm like mate you should fucking know <laughs> you are the commissioner yeah. of gotham you're meant to be like top-notch police officer and i'm sorry but it's pretty fucking obvious that batman is bruce wayne like uh, it is obvious yeah
1: it is blatantly obvious um uh, one of the things is that uh, i'll get to a well, I'll say it now. It's a, it's a story fix for me. It's because I agree because 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 Commissioner Gordon in this trilogy has been so proactive, and he's actually you know he's actually good. Like he comes up with a plan that that captures the Joker. You know, he's willing to pretend you know, mm. to fake his death and lots of other stuff. For him to get to the end, and then for Batman, you know, the end of the third film, and for Batman to be like you know, a hero is it can be anybody. It can even be a young police officer putting a coat around a young boy, and then mm. sort of thing. and then Gordon's like Bruce Wayne. Like, it's almost like you're going, oh, you dick. You're, no, <laughs> you can't be that stupid. Like, a, a better I, ending for me would have been like... A, a better ending for me would have been for him to be sort of about to say who he is and be, for him to say, like, I know, I've always known who you are. I'm a good detective. <laughs> like, yeah. I just I, don't I, care. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I liked the jacket around the shoulder bit. I like the fact that they referred back to the first film with that. Mm. And that it was, uh, well... Then not Commissioner Gordon, Lieutenant, whatever. Yeah. He, just yeah, Jim. just Gordon, just, <laughs> just Jim. <yeah. laughs> um, I like the fact that it was a nod back to it, but honestly, it's you just, yelped.
0: You basically said... I was like, for said,
2: fuck's sake. I was like, <laughs> you should it's like it's not a surprise. Bruce Wayne? It's like everybody knows. Well, that
0: guy with infinite resources, he seems to disappear for months at a time and yeah, Batman's right, the that's, most
2: active. Right, okay. Yeah. That's also the thing is that Batman disappeared off the face of the earth, okay, after the second film. And so who did Bruce Wayne? Like, <laughs> how is it not obvious that suddenly this really rich guy disappeared exactly at the same time that Batman disappeared and then came back when Batman came back? It's just, it, yeah.
0: Whereas Jason, and it, Conversely, it's got that Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character is basically Robin slash Nightwing. And it's mm. like him as Robin, he as I said, that like he knew the, the second he met him. You just knew <laughs> yeah. immediately. And you're thinking, I mean, I know in the comics and stuff that I think that, was it is tim drake is that is yes. Is that, is that the, the, one of the robins as well I, I get them so
1: confused no no so joseph gordon levitt's character is a complete fabrication for the movies um hmm. and they and you know the, we'll get on to the end of it but the nod of when she goes oh you should use your real name and he goes robin that that is a groan inducing moment because you're like oh <laughs> all <laughs> oh, right fine fair enough but again, just, just, just to say about the people that don't realize things i think um Catwoman, uh, you know um in the third one there's a bit where she's mm. sort of talking with bruce and he says, i've got powerful friends and then batman turns up that night she said like, well he wasn't joking he's got powerful friends i'd be like oh it's oh it's you bruce oh <laughs> okay <laughs>
0: Yeah, like, I always find that with the kids with all women. Like I found with the Burton versus these ones, it's like if you, especially I know, we, I think we mentioned it in the last one about um, uh, what's his name Val Kilmer. Mm. He's got the most defined lips ever, and it's like he yeah. looks. You can identify him just by his lips. Like when you see, <laughs> same with uh, uh, Christian Bale, like, hmm, someone who's got loads of money who seems to be really good at acrobatic things, but his his lips look really familiar, and I always think. When a woman makes out with Bruce Wayne or Batman, and then is around the
1: other one, it sounds weird. But
0: surely the smell, like the scent, or something. something. Yeah,
1: yeah. On that front, though, just before we go back to sort of roundup, Batman begins this thing of knowing in Batman in Dark Knight Rises when he does come back and Commissioner Gordon's in hospital, and he basically puts on a ski mask and he gets into the his hospital room (laughs) and he's talking to him on the Batman, you know, using the bat voice. At no point does he sort of go, "What? Why are you wearing an Armani suit?" That's an expensive-looking suit. That is. Are you Bruce? Yeah. Wayne?
2: <laughs> <laughs> that scene annoyed
1: me. It absolutely, to done a whole he hospital through he? the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could just walk down, Like <laughs> if That was any because it's, it's so because cool, when he jumps out that window, it's absolutely dead. And I don't know, if, you know, especially at the moment. I assume, I assume hospitals are very busy. But I've been to hospitals at many times. They're very, very busy places. If someone sort of like, sk- you know, basically abseils down the side of a hospital, there'd be somebody outside going, bloody hell, what's going on? <laughs> I just saw a guy abseil down a building. Wearing an body suit and Bruce yeah. Wayne's
0: been shown up ages. And this like shit balaclava. <laughs> yeah. At the yeah. <laughs> by that point, you just think, you really need to conserve your identity. Everyone you love and care about apart from Alfred is dead by now. Like, (laughs) you really need to conserve, not to be a dick about it, but like, Gordon's not, Gordon's the one person you know is not going to screw you over. And he's the person that you make such a faff trying to make sure he knows that you're Batman. It's just like, oh, come on, (laughs) just let him know. Obviously, he does at the end, but anyway.
1: Yeah. But yeah, no, it's good. So, going back to, because we've talked about the thing, but I'd say, obviously, about the details, the fact we just talked about the suit, Lucius providing the suit. What do you think about that? The suit has. Almost a technological origin, rather than just being that Bruce Wayne makes the suit. What are your thoughts about that? You know, you, you have like the the, the belt and the, the body armor and stuff are all sort of. Um... I th- I think it adds to the realism. I think that what this film,
0: the, the film trilogy, I think one of the reasons they couldn't go into much detail about Ra's Al Ghul was because it does get a bit iffy when you start to say someone is a more tall are they not? Because mm. all these films, the idea is that everything could really happen. Like even Bane at the end, you know, Tom Hardy's shredded, but it's still reasonable. It's not like some some of the Bane adaptations where he's just colossal and silly, Many of the games. But like, generally I find that they're trying to base everything in realism. And I feel that the Batsuit really works that angle. It makes it feel grounded. You go, oh, it's a billion dollar company with a research and development project that do some weapons for the military and other stuff. And then when Bruce Wayne specifically says he was like, Oh, why did this not go anywhere? And then I think Lucy just says like because they don't want to give these to soldiers at three hundred thousand dollars. Soldiers,
2: soldiers aren't worth that amount of money. Yes, yeah, and
0: that makes sense because I'm sure there are in many locked doors and cabinets and maybe Indiana Jones style warehouses. There's probably a lot of random uh, prototypes for certain things. Like I'm sure you probably could get armor that is fully bulletproof that you could wear into battle. But the problem is, is to create it, to allow it to be you know, breathable and movable and all these other things, it would probably cost hundreds of, if not millions of dollars to create such a thing. So it's just not worth make mass producing them because it's just the amount is not worth it. And I think that that in itself in an R&D department does work. And I think that Lucius does come across in the way that he's genuinely interested in this. So I think a lot of the stuff that Batman gets is probably Lucius just kind of, having to play around and then because R&D he puts it off the records he's like I just kind of made this for fun I've got all this <laughs> money let's just do it and then you know just kind of pushes it away so I, I really liked that sort of do aspect
2: know, of it one thing I did like about the suit is that there weren't any unnecessary zoom-ins of uh, Batman's crotch
0: or nipples or
2: nipples or bum It
0: mm. yeah it was
2: just the suit it didn't have to focus on any genitalia, which didn't was quite nice. It. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, was even with Catwoman. Oddly enough, is I know keep flicking back and forwards, but obviously Anne Hathaway in that suit is very tight and things, but it's not. It wasn't
2: back. as as like sexualized as it when was you see, with the
0: other one. When I, you see ba- when you see in the Arkham games, the the I think it's a trilogy, or maybe there's four of them. Catwoman in that looks very appealing but mm. not realistic not, not practical where she's basically what van hathaway is wearing but the zip is where her belly button is and you can just see <laughs> almost everything and you know as a heterosexual i'm not necessarily complaining about that but in a film <laughs> like van hathaway trying to be badass you wouldn't wear something that ridiculously revealing unless yeah. it is 100 percent part of the personality you're kind so, of trying to something
1: complain. that drafty always seems a little bit daft when it comes to costumes like that sort of like i'm yeah. a cat burglar but you've got you basically got your boobs out all the time, so it seems a little <laughs> bit inconspicuous. Yeah, um, no, but we'll get we'll get to Anne Hathaway because I have mixed feelings about her as Anne Hathaway. But to say about the suit, I, I agree. I, I really like the suit and the fact it has this sort of thing of um, being designed and just so happens to be this prototype that works. But I, I also again think it's it, it adds to this commentary that sort of goes throughout these films of. Oh yeah, it costs this much, but we don't think it's worth giving this or manufacturing this for our soldiers. It could save lives, but we're not going to do it. Um, Mm. Again, goes into this commentary of there are poor people and there are rich people, and you know some are worth more than others. Um, But yeah, so anyway, as a a rounding up before we move on, so rounding up, Batman begins. what are your thoughts? As a final thoughts on, on a start to to the new trilogy. So we've gone into Batman Begins now. Uh, you've had it under your belt. What were your thoughts then before you moved on to the next couple of films?
2: I mean, I was excited for the next couple. Of, well, I've seen. I'd seen at that point the Dark Knight. Yeah, you.
1: Yeah, seen that yeah that
2: before, I've seen it a few, a couple of times before. So I was really excited to go into it. Um, I thought it was a good start to the trilogy. It is. It is my least favorite out of the three, mm. but I I did enjoy it. Um, it was a bit weird that the um, the female protagonist changed <laughs> actresses yeah, <Katie laughs> into Holmes. the second film because Mike was like, oh yeah, that's that's Rachel. And I was like, oh. <laughs>
0: ah! Yeah, Maggie Gyllenhaal <Maggie>, <laughs> popped up because she asked me, she's like, oh, do actors change a lot in this? And I was like, I was am pretty certain they will stay the same. And then as soon as I saw Katie Holmes, I was like, oh, I forgot about that. As <laughs> yeah. that was the one person I forgot about. I actually looked up why, and there wasn't really a good reason. She was just kind Easy. of making something else. And you're just thinking, it's kind of a dick move. Uh, uh, but regardless. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, Um I, I don't think it's a bad move. I'm not a fan of Katie Holmes. Um, That's fair. I I think she's I think she's one of the weakest parts of this film, and she, to, mm. to to change her in for Maggie Gyllenhaal, who is a legitimately good actress.
0: Yeah, uh, she is much better.
1: It's a definite upgrade. Uh, in, yeah, in, in the Dark Knight.
0: I agree completely. But with uh, with Batman, I I really really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot more than I remember enjoying it. Mm. Um, I think it's because I've been reading a lot of the Batman comics and stuff a bit more recently and it does give the most substantial on screen uh, proper origin story rather than just oh he's rich and his parents got shot It's like there's got to be more than that you can't just be wealthy put on a suit and beat the crap out of yeah, everyone yeah to be fair
2: I did like that about this film it did it did give more of an insight into Batman's past
0: yeah I think mm. it had it, the ending was a bit weaker I, I I did kind of like elements of it but I've, I found that everything got solved a bit too neatly right at the end where it's just like oh scarecrow's there oh no he's suddenly not because he's just been kind of you know hit off and disappears into the abyss okay oh and then raza Gol, the guy who's allegedly immortal immediately gets destroyed in that monorail everything in gotham is relatively okay now so i it, i did enjoy it but i feel like the third act in my opinion was probably my least favorite part of it um i did also want to say um regarding the mentioned the thing about cl- the money and all that jazz is that the katie holmes Uh, Rachel in Batman Begins, she specifically does, I can't remember what the comment specifically is, but when she gives Bruce Wayne the arrowhead thing back, when he's kind of resurfaced, and she does say, she makes some sort of comment about that, because he says about, um, I think oh maybe it's at the, there's two interactions they have. there's one when he walks out the hotel after buying it all, after he Mm. has all the supermodels swimming, and then there's the other time where she goes to uh, Wayne Manor, and then she gives him the box and stuff, and he's like oh do you want to come in or something, and she's like no. And it, she makes some sort of comment about the money side of things. And I, I, I did like that as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think this is, in my opinion, this is stronger than Rises, but more on the basis that for me, plot trumps, the, the Batman Begins plot trumps the Rises uh, plot a bit. So, But it's, it's great. I, I really, really like this one.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. So, I, I, this is a solid entry. I mean, if, you know, if this kicking off a trilogy is a is a good start. It's got some. I I do you know, I really agree with the third act. Like it, it, it weirdly sort of lulls back into almost like uh, Burton verse Batman in that third act, mm. where they're in the Narrows and all of a sudden, like you've been in this really realistic gritty city, and then all of a sudden you're in this what clearly looks like a stage. Uh, soundstage in some areas you know it's all very very grim and very very sort of like closed in and there's like pylons between buildings and it's all a bit stylized again so it feels a little bit out of place at times that, that finale um mm. but I, I do kind of enjoy it um i mean the one thing i love in this film is the first c- car chase when you, f- you first find the top You know, he first takes the tumbler out and uh to save um uh, Rachel and the police mm. are all chasing him. and He's on the route, you know, he comes off the top of the car park and he goes across the, yeah. Desert, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that, there's that, a guy that's like saying like, you know, what, what's he driving? What's he look like? And the guy's like, uh, a, a tank. tank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, so
0: I did forget to say, I, I do love, I really, really like the Batmobile on this. I don't. Oh uh, yeah. I, th-
2: I like the vehicles in these movies.
0: Mm. Yeah. I think it looked, the Batmobile in itself specifically is basically a tank. And I, I love, I, I don't think it looks quite as cool as like 66 Batman the Batmobile or maybe even some of the Burtonverse interpretations apart mm. from I think one of the later ones has like a thin on it which I didn't like but they look very cool but they're not pr- practically speaking they're very small fast convertible sort of cars Yeah. whereas this is like it, well, I remember when I saw it because I, I remember I saw Dark Knight before I watched Batman Begins which is probably part of the reason why I didn't enjoy it as much when I first watched it um, Batman Begins it was but I remember seeing the Batmobile in Dark Knight and I was like wow that's a batmobile i can get behind because it looks like it could actually take a punch rather than being that sort of cartoony oh it's just magically invulnerable to everything mm. it's just like oh no, this is a, this is a tank and they explain it. it was like oh this was basically a tank that wanted to give on this prototype sort of things where they made it specifically to match for something else to make a bridge and they would jump over it and stuff and i was like okay all of these things do make sense, and yeah. I love that aspect of rather than it just being a uh, oh we've got this ultimate technology. We press a button, it gets masked in this completely invulnerable thing that looks like carbon fiber, which is a bit meh. But obviously that fits in the world of the Burtonverse.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, I, I love the car, uh, and you know, I, guess I think the action in this is good. I think the uh, you said about the long sort of shots or the long uh, cuts for some of the fighting is really cool. Like, mm. um, I feel like Bale put a lot into this, so uh, you know, and I like the fact a bit like with Michael Keaton's as well though, in this um, Batman's fighting style is always forwards. Like mm. he's always at people like constantly, you know, it's never sort of like on the back foot. Like he, he would rather take a punch than step backwards and he's always going forward. So um, I do enjoy that. And obviously towards the end, then we do get, there's two things actually, <laughs> like, we've talked about people knowing that he's Batman. You say about Rachel Dawes and she says, uh, it's not about what we do do it's about or whatever it's not about who we are it's about what we do that matters or that kind of thing and then he, he repeats it on the rooftops and she's like bruce oh yeah and it's another one of those moments when you're just like just tell her like what <laughs> like you know i know it's supposed to be a cool moment but like over the years i, I think that one moment hasn't aged well almost like uh um <laughs> but partner, i really do enjoy this film and it ends on a great sort of Uh, When this came out and it ends on one of those sort of like Easter eggy cliffhangers, where he's on the roof with with Jim um, Gordon, who's now Lieutenant Gordon. And he says, oh, now you're here. Oh, escalation. That's what he talks about. And that's what I like. He says, well, you know, we buy automatics. And then, you know, um, we we get guns. So the criminals get automatic weapons. We buy body armor. So they buy armor piercing rounds. Now there's you. What comes next? How do they escalate? And that's sort of that mm. leading because then he says take this guy for example what he robs banks and does things and leaves a calling card and he flips it over and it's the joker and um i remember being very excited when that when that came about like, oh what they're gonna do well before we find out what they did and what i was excited about i'm gonna have to intercede ladies and gentlemen no, i'm sorry but we are going to be jumping into this stuff in the next episode. That's right, this one, like the last one, was a mega conversation, an absolutely corker, and there was so much in there that I didn't want to lose anything. So, again, I've split it into two episodes. This is uh, 3A, (coughs) the uh, first part of our Christopher Nolan part of the retrospective, as you can tell. So, I hope you've enjoyed our discussion around Batman Begins. In the next episode, as you can probably guess, we're going to be talking about the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises. So, if you would like to come in and talk about any of the things we've spoken about about Batman over the last uh, couple of weeks, uh, make contact with us. We are on social media. Uh, you can be found on Twitter and Facebook and the lot under 20th Century Geek. You can email me directly. That's 20th Century Geek at gmail.com. And if you want to find out all the things we're up to, and past, present, and possibly future, Go and look at 20thCenturyGeek.com There's a whole load of uh, blogs on there, reviews, uh, film, book, movies, all kinds of things and uh, then all the podcast episodes. More than that, if you want to support the show in any way, shape or form please leave a review somewhere or share. Just share a tweet, a Facebook post, something with a friend. Let them know about the show. But if you really like the show and you really want to support it, we have a Patreon. That's right, Patreon slash 20th Century Geek, where there is a monthly podcast, votes on show content and other bits and pieces. So please, go check that out. Other than that, thank you very much for listening, and we will see you on the next episode.